You are listening to a bonus episode of Future Ecologies. Hey everyone. Today, I am delighted to bring you into conversation with two of my collaborators in the data sonification project of our recent series, Spider Song. Could you both please introduce yourselves, however, however you'd like to do so? My name is Miriam Quick, and I am a data journalist and researcher and author and musician based in the southwest of England. And my name is Duncan Gear. I am an information designer based in the south of Sweden and uh, one of the co-hosts of Loud Numbers alongside Miriam. So I'm really stoked to talk to you guys a little bit more deeply about sonification today. And and I I thought maybe the first thing that I'd love to get your insight on is how how you think about the key differences between sonification and visualization as an approach to communicate data. I think that one of the most powerful things about sonification is the emotional experience that it can deliver. I think that you know, with visualization, you're op- always operating more or less in like an analytical mode, um, where you're kind of comparing like the, the height of two bars or something like that. But with sonification, it feels like you have a much richer emotional palette that you can work with. You know, everybody has a favorite song or a favorite sound or something like that. And you can really tap into these feelings, these genre conventions and and other different things to to create an experience that is much less analytical and a lot more emotional. Another really key difference is the level of immersiveness that sonification kind of affords. So if you think of a visualization, you're pretty much always at a distance from it, you know, whether you're thinking of something printed or something on a screen, something static or something interactive, you're looking at it and you're kind of separate from it. And, you know, if you think of it as this classic kind of chart you might see in a newspaper, you can pretty much see it all at all at once you know you have a snapshot overview of everything that's going on and then of course you can dig into the detail a bit later on but with the sonification you don't get that you never get that overview because sound happens and unfolds in time you're always at one point or the other you might be at the beginning in which case you don't know what's going to happen you might be halfway through in which case you might remember what happened maybe in the last five to ten seconds but probably not that much more or you might be at the end in which case you have experienced it all but your memory is not going to be perfect and you never get that kind of overview where you can literally see everything at once now you could think of that as a downside but i think of it as an upside in that you're always immersed in some kind of process some kind of narrative that's unfolding over time and i think that gives you a kind of level of um it's a sort of more interior experience rather than exterior one you're not looking at something you're in something you're immersed in it in a process in a flow in a narrative in a story uh in a piece of music and i think that that can really be used to your advantage if you want that kind of immersion with a topic that kind of identification with the subject matter Hmm. what's that donna haraway quote you like miriam oh yeah so there's a philosopher called donna haraway who said that visualization and I think science in general affords you the God trick of seeing everything from nowhere. So like you see everything, but you're not even in the picture. You yourself are kind of removed from it. Whereas we kind of adapt that when we do loud numbers talks and we say that sonification offers you the human trick of seeing something from hearing something from somewhere. That's right. So you're always in the process. You can never kind of pretend that you're like exterior to it yeah that's really interesting and that there is that you're, you're always playing with memory right how how much 
how, how deeply you can reach back into what you've experienced before and how much you can project for project forward and predict what's coming rather than like you say yeah the, that god's eye view of, of everything all at once but also how much you are interacting with your listeners memories you know the memories that they've had of music that they've heard in their lifetimes you know and i think that that's often where some of the most interesting and deep emotional experiences around sonification can come from right there's deeply deeply personal attunements and and kind of listening conventions and associations and expectations and general conventions and and you know music is very personal to a lot of people we associate it with our life histories with our memories with our personalities with who we are and if you can tap into that and also use data it can be incredibly powerful yeah jumping off of that what do you have a sense of what the pitfalls are especially as you're maybe trying to communicate something specific how how things might get confused or get lost or, or masked well just returning to that immersiveness issue and i hinted at it just now when i said that you know you have a limit to how much memory you you have uh, for for sound and for an unfolding process that you can never see all of at once so you might um i think the sonification definitely lends itself better to some types of data than others um data that unfolds over time is a natural fit because of course um you know, music unfolds through time, you've got time series data set, it's quite easy to map one onto the other. You're just comp compressing a large time period into a short time period. But if you've got data that involves, um, like, a, you might visualize it as a network diagram, that would be quite difficult, because how do you render in sound all those simultaneous connections? I'm sure it can be done, but the level of abstraction is greater. There's less of a one-to-one -one correspondence between the experience and the data. And similarly, if you're comparing categories, uh, say a large number of categories, and you might visualize that as a, as a bar chart, where via eye, you could very easily compare the height of the bars and see what the biggest one was. But over time, you would have to play that, in a sonification, you have to play that back over time, one after the other. And then of course, you would be hitting the limits of memory, like how many bars back can I, actually remember do i remember the highest pitch in this in this sonification assuming you're mapping it to pitch or do i need to be reminded and i think that you're always playing with those questions another problem that we come up against sometimes is just that people are less familiar with hearing data represented as sound than seeing it represented as a visual you know when i was at school we learned how to draw bar charts you know it was it was a very fundamental part of our education you know you don't get taught sonification in school and so anytime you play a sonification to someone you have to kind of explain what's happening first and then there's always this moment where you're like no, no, I'll, I'll just play it and then you'll kind of understand sort of thing it's it's kind of a difficult thing for people to imagine if they haven't encountered it before and so you're constantly teaching people what a sonification is before you can actually play them your work yeah yeah there's a big unpacking uh i'm dealing with that in the episode that it's it's a lot of setup and a lot of explaining and like <laughs> and here it is right like yeah there's that moment which which you guys go through <laughs> repeatedly yes <laughs> and of course if you're thinking of having something like in visualization you would have a legend or a key that explains the system that you've used and people can just keep dotting back and forth and referring back to it of course with sonification you can't necessarily always do that you kind of have to say what the legend is first and what the system is first and then play the sonification so you've always again you've got those challenges to memory have you a sense of kind of a hierarchy of things that people have an easier time listening for, depending on their, their level of, of musical familiarity? Like when you're approaching data, is it like, oh yeah, most people are like, they can hear differences in pitch, but they can't hear these differences quite as clearly in general. Like, have you, have you ranked those sorts of 
properties or principles? We have tried, haven't we, Duncan, to to think yeah. about those those aspects of sound, or you could call them parameters of sound, that you might map data to that are perhaps more immediate and kind of across cultures. To hear the rest, join our community at patreon.com slash future ecologies. To hear the rest, join our community at patreon.com slash future ecologies.